Stop! Sure you want the rest of it? Dirty Harry Welcome back to Dirty Harry Minute, the only podcast in the world to review every minute of the 1971 Warner Brothers film starring Andy Robinson and some big hunk or hank of man called Clint Eastwood. (laughs) I'm one of your hosts, John. Apologies to Trent, co-host not here, but I am joined as usual with our co-host, Tim. Tim too. Tim too. We have two Tims. I've been demoted. Yeah. (laughs) Our returning guest, Shane. Hey, how are you? Very good. I must say, you were in the first few episodes we did of this movie. Yeah. Yeah, you come back. Thank you very much. And Tim won. Hello. Thanks, John, for having me back. You're welcome. And we are joined, like last week, with Chaz. Hello, Chaz. Hi. Great to be back. It's good to have you here. This minute 44. A minute begins with Bressler tersely responding, No, I'm not sure. And ends with Harry leaning onto a desk to sign for some money. What did you think of this minute, Chaz? Look, I was quite taken by the very high technology in this minute because <laughs> yeah, well, it obviously started with the, the passion exhibited by a wrestler. Yeah. Then, uh, but then we had this sort of CSI-style scene where they're messing around with bugs. And, uh, <laughs> look, I was taken aback. I didn't know such technology existed in 971. Dirty Harry, cutting edge. And it, uh, yeah, and I also like the way it told us exactly what was about to happen because I don't want to give too much away, but there, at one point in time he's saying, now, you know this is only going to work for two to three blocks and don't go in any tunnels. So I appreciated them telling us exactly what was going to happen for the rest of the, the, uh, the movie. And the chief, the chief does it too. He, he flags, uh, don't let anyone take it away from you. <laughs> yes. Ugh. They're very helpful like that. You like this minute, uh, Shane? Yeah, this is cool. This is um, like James Bond shit, and it like changes the tone of the film. It's, um, Sid pretty much is Harry's cue, right? Yeah, it seems like they're getting a little bit ahead of where um, Scorpio is at. They've been behind. Um, they've been um, playing catch up, and now they've got like gadgets, so you can't fail now. Now is Sid, is this Sid? A, is he a TV repairman, Tim? Too, or do you think he's actually in the police department? Did they, did they mention him being a TV repairman? No, I'm just gathering that from the <laughs> apparatus in the background. Um, there's a gun on the wall behind him in one of the scenes, so maybe he's... I don't know. I mean, there's all those little boxes on the shelves. I assume they're little ammo cartridges? cartridges or something. I doubt that he's, like, on the police force. It seems like they've, like, subcontracted to this um, inventor guy and he's mm. just got the gadgets that they need. <laughs> and I'm shocked, Chaz, to find out that the Chico's a smoker. Yeah, look, it's. I'm telling you, Chico. I told you in the last minute that Chico is learning a lot from Dirty Harry. Like, <laughs> like only what 15 minutes ago, he was fresh out of college, wet behind the ears, even though he looks like he's about 60 years old. But now, <laughs> yeah, he's he's breaking the rules. He's he's taking days off. He's smoking. He's uh, yeah, no, he, he's he's falling apart. Dirty Harry has a terrible <laughs> effect on people. I find. <laughs> And Harry, I'd, Harry, I would assume, is a non-smoker. Yeah, I agree with you. Chico probably just picked up his first pack a few days ago, you know, just can't handle it. <laughs> I wonder, 
Shane, do you think they should have had a scene between the office scene and Sid's Sid's um? It, do, it does play a lot like that, like something's missing because we've yeah jumped to this totally different tone and feel. Yeah, is it obvious that Harry's going to disobey Bressler's instructions not to have you know to have Chico leave it in out of it? I think so. I think so. The um the line, the split the difference sort of line mm. seems like yeah you you're setting us up to do one thing, but you know that we're going to do something else because you know who we are. Now back to the the office scene, uh, Tim. You, had, you think it was a good good end of that scene that we caught? Well, yeah, I did want to um, you know catch on a few uh, few catchphrases here in the first part of the scene. We've been blown away by the technology so far, but mm. what about shit end of the stick? What about getting cut off at the ankles? What's that all about? I mean, so seventy one. What what sticks are we working with here, and why is there a shit end? Um, anyone? Know the history of this? This it sounds like vulgar yeah. New South Wales language to me, Chaz. You, you ever heard the expression chopped off of the ankles? Look, I look, I look honestly, I, 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 they don't say this in Sydney either. I was wondering the same thing because it's not just a stick that's in shit, but only one end of it yeah. is in shit. There's a shit end of a stick. So, so this is kind of some kind of shit stirring stick of some kind, and then you hand it to someone else for some reason, but from the shit end. I, yeah. It's well, very, it, very... Right? He must have learned that in college. That, that's all I can assume because they, they don't say that in Sydney either. And the, the chop off at the ankles is... It's not just that it's a very violent metaphor, but also then, then Harry takes it a step further and says, let's split the difference, <laughs> give him the night off. So somewhere between being Harry's partner or literally having your feet chopped off is taking a night off. I think Harry has some very odd nights off. <laughs> <laughs> I, I imagined it was an a idiom or a phrase or something, meaning your career won't progress further. But maybe I'm reading too much into it. Mm. Chopped off at the ankles, not chopped off at the anything else. Yeah, yeah no, I think not the knees. You've done well there, Shane. Yeah, good, possibly. Mm. Also, can I can I just raise the the the, the question of why? of why people keep on speculating about what Dirty Harry means. This is the second time someone has made, made a suggestion 40 minutes. He must just walk around. <laughs> and he, just put a, he, should, he should put a sign around his neck saying why he's called Dirty Harry because it must get very annoying to him, the constant speculation. No, I agree completely with you, Chaz. We've talked that in other... Maybe it was just a marketing thing the Warner Brothers said, you know, people can have a lot of difficulty with this adjective, Dirty, you know, in which ways it <laughs> relates to him, Yeah. It's not the original title, right? So It was Dead Right was the original title, which I'm surprised oh. no one's used that in a, a popular movie since. Dead Right. And it seems like in the rewriting, they're like, oh, that's a good title. Now let's tie it in very tightly to almost every scene in the movie to try and explain <laughs> why did we call it that? Yeah. Well, even when I told one of the my colleagues at work, she goes, oh, what's the podcast about? And I said, blah, blah, blah. We review every minute of Dirty Harry. And she goes, oh, that's a Clint Eastwood film, isn't it? What? And then within a few steps, she's like, why is he dirty again? <laughs> that came up in real life. Uh, you could spend an hour telling her why with all the reasons given during the film. Yeah. yeah. Now, um, what do you think the, uh, what do you think the um, utility of the lieutenant sort of looking, looking at all the photos of the girl again uh, at, the, uh, at the end of this office scene was? Yeah, um, why does he need to do that? Yeah. Yeah, he really... Really doesn't have anything better to do, does he? That's a good point, yeah. Tim. Yeah, maybe, you know, he's thinking maybe he'll be walking down the street and sort of see her in the back of a van or something. But they already know that, you know, she's going to be a bit hard to find without uh, 
you know, two hundred thousand in cash. That's right. You've just you've just reminded me. I've I've made a mistake by saying he he shoved those pictures back in the drawer. But I think it, it shows he's even dirtier that he's just left it out <laughs> to look at, and just brazenly perving on the girl again after as soon as they leave the office. Yeah, yeah, it's a real you know. Is it possible that he has amnesia? And he's already forgotten what Like, like Memento. Like. He's, well, he's drunk, isn't he? So, yeah. He's probably in the wrong job, if that's the case, but still. Bressler, I mean, I still we talked last minute about whether Bressler believes his superiors have the right idea, right? But we think he, he hmm. doesn't know what he's doing. Is that right, Shane? Yeah, and more to the point that there's no right way to behave. There's only, like, wrong and even worse. So, he's like, this is what we're doing. We know it's not good, but what else can you do? That kind of defeatist kind of I think that's what I'm feeling from it yeah John does this still work th- that theory about Bressler being a ghost the fan fiction Chaz is that the chief is a ghost because every time we see him he's sort of standing off stage to the right or left and giving little soliloquies Hamlet style <laughs> and uh, we'll see that in the next minute well in the end of this minute we'll draw it out yeah that, that, that would explain why no one is, is commenting on his constant looking at those photos because they can't see him because he's a ghost. <laughs> that would make sense. <laughs> oh, but we're, yeah, we're talking about the chief, though, but maybe the lieutenant Maybe they're well. all ghosts. <laughs> maybe, maybe it's just like the sixth sense, except for everyone is a ghost. <laughs> it's good. It's like a bit that. more like a poltergeist or something. I'm surprised he hasn't thrown anything at him, but he's pointing his finger pretty hard. Now, Chaz, did you see that the receptionist in the background as Harry leaves? She's playing Connect Four. <laughs> I did not see that. That's a great pickup. This explains, though, why why crime is rampant in San Francisco. <laughs> the cops are just like I know it's a secretary, but still, she's got things to do. Like if they're if they're um, all playing connect, if they're playing board games, well, then yeah, that answers a lot of questions. It also answers a question why Dirty Harry is so grumpy because he's literally the only person who's not playing parlor games. <laughs> And Chico's starting to catch on to this. <laughs> yes, yes, he he's is. Stressing out, jeez. <laughs> yeah, no, he's uh, he's definitely yeah, he's definitely getting very gravelly, uh, Chico. I, I, I'm I'm interested in the in in the the, the Chico story because he's like Harry, like he, he seems to just accept. Like first of all, he questions authority, which we established in the last minute is him learning tricks off Harry. But then he questions authority. He gets told no. He goes, "Okay, cool." So he's he's, he's kind of he's quite accepting of his fate. And then Harry's telling him to take the, day, the the night off, and he's cool with that. And I feel like he's uh, he's not quite sure where he's at, Chico. He's he's uh, he's at a transition period. I feel. <laughs> is it is it understood that a night off means you're not working for the police, but you're still going to tail me on this mission? <laughs> is that what split the difference means? Well, they've said no cover, not even one man, and no tricks. Right, officially, but I don't know split if, the difference. If he hadn't have mentioned that, would a cover have been a trick? Scorpio would probably mm. think so. It's a trick, mm. yeah. It's definitely a trick. Now, can anyone see <laughs> what's on TV in the repair shop that Sid's watching? Is it some some college football game or something? Isn't it off? Or is it a surveillance camera? You mean that tiny little That little tiny monitor? Tiny little thing? No, in the background, if we press reverse. Have a look here. I can't, I can't see. Oh, it, so. I see. Yeah, there's the, I see. There's a screen there in front of him. Now, do you, right. think, do you think Sid, do you think most of the stuff he lends out to Harry and other cops, he never gets back or it comes back broken and he thinks, oh, Harry will bring it back. All Just right. bring it back in one piece. Well, I'd suspect, no, I suspect he hasn't had much trouble up to this point because he's pretty cool with just like, yeah, no, don't pay me. Don't even put down a down payment, you know, just, <laughs> just bring it back in one piece. 
You'd, you'd be surprised. Um, I think I mentioned that to you, John, when I lent you my camera and you took it overseas and I never got it back. <laughs> yeah, Chaz, when I went to San Francisco uh, 10 years ago, I did a Dirty Harry sort of location thing and yeah. the, near the suicide jumper scene, it, uh, I had Tim's camera and it fell through my bag. I retraced my steps to the Starbucks um, and it went missing. Yeah, I lost oh, Tim's camera no. there and I lost all my photos of Davidson Park and everything. Oh, well. Oh, God. That's why you need, need a dirty hurry to be there to talk the camera down. Yeah. Rather than have it fall down by itself. Chop people at the ankles. <laughs> I've got to say, with this Sid guy, this, this tech guy, yeah. the, 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 I feel like he's... See, you guys are going with the, the line that he's good friends with Harry because he doesn't ask for money or ask for any, any details at all. But... I actually go the opposite. I think he's yet another person who's never met Dirty Harry because, you know, this whole bring it back in one piece. Like, <laughs> Dirty Harry's the last person that you would suggest would bring yeah. back your technology in one piece. So, yeah, I feel like there's a lot of people who work with Dirty Harry who don't pay much attention to him. Like, they're saying, oh, no tricks, Dirty Harry. Bring it back in one piece, <laughs> yeah. Dirty Harry. Like, I feel like there's a lot of people meeting him for the first time. Yeah. IMDB says the actor who plays Sid's name's Morris Argent. And apparently he was a high school drama teacher in San Francisco. And oh, yeah. he was in a few... Te- it, whenever, it seemed like whenever a film crew or television crew came to San Francisco, he'd be in, you know, in the local repertory theatre and they'd give him a role. So he's in Streets of San Francisco and apparently Invasion of the Body Snatchers, which was also yeah. directed by Don Siegel, the original that they remade in the 70s. Oh. So. He's a nice little side character, Tim One. You think he does all right? Yeah. Nice I little small funny right. man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He doesn't come back ever, yeah, does he? No. I'm thinking, though, like, you know, by this point, you've already had quite a few Bond movies, haven't you? So this yeah. is a. Is this an homage or is it just a ripoff or is it just none of the above? None of the above. Yeah? Oh, how so? No connection, despite the fact you refer to him as uh, Q off air. Well. <laughs> <laughs> In the Bond films, don't you sometimes have Q like going, look what you've done to my gadget, Bond? Mm. And here we don't have any follow-up at the cross whether I wonder if he gets oh, it back no on follow-up. piece. Bit of a spoiler, John. Would, yeah. would you challenge Dirty Harry if he wrecked your gadget? I wouldn't. No. <laughs> I wouldn't be game. I, I feel like we're, we've moved past one of the key elements of this scene, though, which oh. is Harry, when he recites something on, the, on his bug to test it out, he mm. chooses Mary Had a Little Lamb. <laughs> Harry. Like, I would have expected a more tough guy thing for Dirty Harry. I, I expected him to be reciting the casualty numbers from Vietnam or something. <laughs> like, it seems out of character to me. It's one of three Marys. It's Hot Mary and Mary Deacon, and now Mary Had a Little Lamb. Well, what do we know That's about... True. Um, That's true. What do we know about Harry's um, home life? He's, uh, it's non-existent. Yeah, his, his <laughs> partner is... Uh, it's different in the, novelis- in the novelizations and the script at different points. She's either he's a widower or they mm. divorced early. She's a receptionist. It's- do you think he's just, just longing for like that relationship with a child where he can read this uh, little thing? Maybe. Little thing out That's to someone? Deep. That's yeah. so deep. Oh, yeah. yeah. You've got to go deep. There's also Mary the Receptionist early in the film. There's a lot of Marys in this movie. Is there? Are there any lambs in this movie? Previous minute we talked about there's a Salem cigarette <laughs> ad that has a, um, was a um, Tom Selleck ha- handling a, a lamb, you know. Oh, there you go. There you go. Is there, is, are there any Jesuses in this movie? Like, is, is, this, is this like a biblical thing, maybe? Mm. Well, there are. There's the Jesus Saves, you know, and the Snake Out and oh, the course, Mount yes, Davidson yes, Cross. Up, yeah, and Harry's favourite line, or Clint's favourite line is always, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so this is kind of like the new Bible. 
<laughs> do you do you mean that that all along Mary had a little lamb was like was a religious poem? <laughs> I had no idea. I have to Doctor Google yeah. it. Yeah. Well, the other thing from this from this scene, which I thought was worth raising, was like we've established that that Chico is he's a college boy. He did yep. sociology apparently. That's going to get him killed. Um, but he's also a bit stupid because when. Clint Eastwood is trying to do a mic test. Not only does he only stand a metre away from him, that's <laughs> very bad for a mic test to be listening to the mic while you can actually hear him standing next to you. But also, he says, what, what, what the hell, why are you yelling for when he can clearly hear that Clint Eastwood is talking directly next to him? So he comes off as a bit thick to me. I think this is where saying that maybe he might have flunked out of college and that's why he's now Dirty Harry's partner. Uh, he paid someone else to sit his exams. Yeah. <laughs> this guy's a fraud. Jeez. I mean, he's clearly a mature age student. We have established that because he's <laughs> because, because way too old. So there's something going on there with Chico and his degree, I feel. <laughs> well, I mean, he trained in sociology. Why, why has he become a cop exactly? Yeah, you must be really bad at sociology if, yeah. if you end up shooting people for a living. That's kind of the, the opposite of sociology. So, yeah, he's... Um, you he enter at the life, ground level if you do a university qualification in criminology, but... Hmm, and Chaz, don't forget he minored in... <laughs> well, he did boxing on the side as well. That's right, that's right. So he's a, he does contain multitudes, Chico, that is true. <laughs> One of the famous sociology boxers, yes. Well, I think we can move from this little... We haven't really decided what it is. Do you reckon it's part of the police department's um, uh, chop shop or is it... He's just some sparky oh, that Clint just gone knows. to Tandy. Yeah. Look at- <laughs> yeah just, it's Tandy. Yeah, looking for some kind of sign there, huh? You know, do you see anything open? Open. They're open. It's a shop. It's a shop. Oh, mm. yeah. Headphones, gun yeah. cartridges and a gun. Oh, yeah, but this is America, so that could mean anything. That's true. All right. That could be just Walmart, yeah. <laughs> well, I think if we move on to the next scene with the chief. You mean our last few seconds of our minute? The last few seconds, he's counting the money. Yeah, signing for all the money in San Francisco, apparently. It's $1.2 million, which is just <laughs> so hard to get. They, they, they're, they're pretty lax about it, just in that yellow bag, but yeah. So is it the chief, he just turns around, is it because, A, he's disgusted that the mayor's got this plan to, you know, just go along, or is he just doesn't want responsibility in general, like, this is for my underlings to count, or is he a ghost? (laughs) No, I think he's a bit upset that it's come to this. You can't catch the criminals, so you have to pay them off. Yeah. So really, though, if he wanted to wash his hands of it, would he be sitting there right at the desk with the bag of money? Not wash his hands of it, more like there's just some shame associated with it, what yeah. they're going to have to do. Mm. I, I'm, I'm going the ghost. I, I, ever since I've heard this <laughs> yeah. theory, it's just making more and more sense. I think he's turning around to say boo. <laughs> <laughs> it's the conscience of Bressler. <laughs> <laughs> and obviously Harry, yeah, Harry says, "You. what about you? He looks at Bressler and Bressler's like, who are you talking to? He puts his hands up like, why are you looking that way? <laughs> yeah. Oh, mate. Well, Chaz, what are, you, what are your first memories of seeing Dirty Harry? Well, have you, in fact, seen the whole movie? <laughs> no, I have seen the whole movie. I saw it. I saw it a very long time ago, actually. It, um, my memories, I, I, haven't, I must admit, I haven't watched it for about 10 years, and I, I really enjoyed it. Like, I really liked it. It was certainly a lot better than uh, some of Clint Eastwood's other movies from the early 70s. Um, the, uh, or even Space Cowboys. 
Well, particularly I'm thinking The Gauntlet, which to me, like, let's put it this way. When you've got an action movie where you laugh hysterically from the beginning to the end, it's probably not a good action movie. So that's, that's probably a bad sign. But uh, but no, I thought Dirty Harry was, was pretty good. I mean, part of the problem with watching Dirty Harry in the late 90s, which is when I watched it, mm. which is is that so many movies have been based on Dirty Harry. Yeah, that's right. So when you watch it in the late 90s, you go, oh, wow, what a cliche, what a cliche, what a cliche. And then you think, well, it's not a cliche when they made it. It's a cliche because people have copied it 20 times. So it's... um. It's a bit, it's a, yeah, it's, it's, it's good to watch the original and see just how much people have buggered it up since. <laughs> yeah, that's right. It's got the miss... Well, it, they don't really dwell on it here. The miss pairing of, the, of uh, Harry and his... Well, they become friends in the end. You've got the end shootout near a body of water. You've got the yeah. over... Well, it's not that overbearing, but, you know, the you know, damn chief, the McGarnagal things. Yeah, this movie really <laughs> started many of the tropes. Yeah, it did. Well, I think that's pretty much everything I've got for this minute. Tim, did you have any anything else? Tim 1 and Tim 2? It's just the, the, no. the tensions arcing up in the second act. Well, Chaz, Shane, Tim, you join us for the next minute? Yes, please. All right. Well, we'll catch you next time on Dirty Harry Minute. 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 Thank you. Chico, San Francisco, come and catch me, Scorpio.